Chapter 11 They Called Him a Dreamer There once was a man who was a dreamer. From a young age he was given dreams from God of great magnitude. Two are highlighted in his story. The first claimed that he would one day save his family from dying. The second dream expounded on the first claiming he would save the world from dying. Even with this great destiny before him, those one would think would be the closest to him actually become those who betrayed him. Through a series of events, his own brothers beat him up, threw him in a crevice, and sold him into slavery. Despite this great betrayal, the young dreamer decided he would not let his circumstance dictate his actions and outcome. As a result, he gained great favor with God, and everything he placed his hands on was blessed to the point of overflowing wealth. Simultaneously, he was given great responsibility as a slave, so much so that he was appointed in charge of men who were not even slaves. During this great time of triumph and favor, this dreamer was betrayed once again, this time by his master's wife. She falsely accused him of abuse, and as a result of her claims, he was thrown into prison. The dreamer once again was faced with another difficult choice. Would he allow his worst circumstance to dictate his actions and outcome? Instead of choosing bitterness, resentment, and anger, he chose to serve others, and as a result, he was given the highest authority within prison, despite being a prisoner himself. During his time in prison, he met two fellow prisoners who had previously worked for Pharaoh. These men experienced dreams, and at their request, the great dreamer asked God to help him interpret their dreams. He did, and all he asked in return was that one man remember him as he headed back to the palace. Despite the prisoner's assurance of remembering him, he quickly forgot of the dreamer left behind in prison. After two years of being in prison, Pharaoh was given a vivid dream with no interpretation. He searched long and far for someone to interpret the dream, but no one was successful. It was at that moment the prisoner who found freedom remembered the dreamer in prison who interpreted his dream. He told Pharaoh and the dreamer was released from prison to hear of the great dream. As the dreamer heard the dream, God gave him the interpretation. This dream was both a warning and a blessing to the people of Egypt. The warning was that there was a great famine that was coming, one like never experienced before. The blessing was that before the time of famine, there would first be a time of great abundance. The dreamer was given God-inspired strategy on how the Pharaoh could make preparation. As he shared the strategy, Pharaoh not only released him from prison, but gave him great authority over the entire nation of Egypt. As a result of this dreamer's action, all of Egypt and the known world at the time were saved from the Great Famine. He essentially single-handedly saved the entire known world from dying of starvation. The dream that was given when he was young was fulfilled many years later. His impact was great for the generations to follow and affected all the nearby nations. During this Great Famine, his brothers, the men who betrayed him as a young man, came to him, not knowing it was him, pleading for food. Through his encounter, the dreamer's dream from when he was young came true. Not only did he save the world from dying, but he now had the opportunity to save his own family. He first tested his brothers to see if they had changed, though in the midst of his test he lost control and wept, for he had a great compassion on his brothers. His brothers were terrified of him because of his great authority. The dreamer proceeded to assure his brothers that although he was put in slavery by their hand, it was God who orchestrated this in, in order for him to save the nation and his family. This man's name was Joseph, and his entire story can be read in Genesis chapter 37 to 45. A lot can be learned through this story. 
I want to highlight how I understand the story of Joseph relates to the results that come from living a life fully surrendered to God. Despite having such great destiny over his life, Joseph's circumstances for many years never aligned with the two dreams that God had given him as a young man. What is amazing is that even though Joseph must have experienced a great tension between the reality he lived in and the call he knew he had over his life, he chose to live in accordance to the call. What is amazing is that even though Joseph must have had experienced a great tension between the reality he lived in and the call he knew he had over his life, he chose to live in accordance to the call. Joseph lived in response to what God spoke over him, not what he saw or experienced in his day-to-day -day life. God gave this man a dream that revealed he would be a man of great influence and authority. In contrast, Joseph found himself first a slave and then soon to follow a prisoner. Despite these titles and experiences, Joseph served as if he was already a man of influence. As a result, the Bible said he found favor in God's sight and everything he touched was blessed. We witness this in both seasons of him being a slave and a prisoner. Some of us readers have also felt like God has told us we will do something of great significance during our time on earth. Yet, when we look at our past and our current situation, it may not look any farther from the truth. Like Joseph, we have a choice whether we believe and live according to what God has said or let our circumstance determine our outcome. I am not talking about wishful thinking. I am talking about being faithful in the steps we currently live in. I personally find this very challenging. I naturally dream and think about all the things I want to achieve someday. I don't believe this is a bad thing, for it's a part of how God uniquely designed me. I have however found I need to be very careful in my life to be faithful in the current step I find myself in, and not to get tripped up on a future step that is farther down my life's path. What does this practically look like for me and you? I would contend it's loving and serving those around you, your spouse, children, friends, family, and strangers. Loving the neighbor that is in front of you is how you begin to be faithful in the small. When we are faithful in the small, just like Joseph, I believe we receive favor from God in our relationships and the things we are a part of are blessed because of us. This is directly related to our surrender before God and our faithfulness to Him in the steps we find ourselves in. Honestly, we should be living in a world where when employees and organizations discover someone is a follower of Jesus, they should immediately be compelled to hire them. Followers of Jesus should have a reputation of being men and women of integrity, pursuers of excellence, humble, teachable, and team builders. We should be known for our love, not as one working for approval, but working from the approval we have already received from God. Despite the treatment at our workplace, we would serve because we do all things as if we're serving God directly, primarily because we are. To be honest, I don't know if that is found to be true, which I find sad. If you think this is wishful thinking, it's not. It should be the norm. This is why Paul talks about slaves submitting to their masters and masters to be treating their slaves properly. I remember when I was 16 years old, I fell madly in love with Jesus. Honestly, if I wasn't hanging out with people, I would listen to sermons or worship God in the forest or beach near my house. Despite being absolutely in love with God, in my grade 11 year, I never really applied myself in school and I wasn't very respectful to the authority in my life, especially teachers. I had the opportunity that summer to work for an organization that served children in government housing communities in Toronto. 
I had the opportunity that summer to work for an organization that served children in government housing communities in Toronto. Through this amazing experience, I left feeling very convicted that even though I was madly in love with God, and I did my best to love my friends and fellow peers, I was a horrible witness to my teachers. I realized that even though I did my best to love my friends and other students, I was definitely not a student that teachers were looking forward to teaching. I would frequently skip classes and constantly talk to my friends during class. I didn't care or apply myself when it came to grades and I was overall very disrespectful. God convicted me of this so deeply that I remember making a commitment entering into grade 12 that I would walk out of my grade 12 year with every teacher having witnessed a dramatic change in me. Although I wasn't perfect in my attempt, I can truly say that I had more than one teacher approach me who had taught me previous years and inquired of what happened to me. As a follower of Jesus who is trying to live a fully surrendered life to God, I believe we are able to be people like Joseph who didn't strive for what he could get out of people, but what he could offer to them. He didn't let his suffering or his injustice in life impede serving and loving others wherever he found himself. I desire to be a husband, son, sibling, friend, stranger, and a pastor that people who interact with leave feeling encouraged and even lighter because of their encounter. In complete surrender to God, he gives us his spirit who enables us to be love itself. This is an aspect of who God is and who he desires to be through us. The favor of the Lord is less about being blessed personally and more related to how we can be a blessing to others.